We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, June the 8th, 2021. Today's show, we continue along with the 2021 opponent preview series. Guys, today we are breaking down the Kentucky Wildcats, South Carolina's week four opponent in the 2021 football season. Guys, I'll break down the Cats in their entirety. First things first, we'll break down the all-time series record, the last meeting between the two teams. Also, Kentucky's head coach, how they fared a season ago, best returning players on offense and defense, and also give an overall outlook for Kentucky football in 2021, as well as the overall outlook for this game as the Gamecocks welcome Kentucky to Williams-Brice Stadium for Shane Beamer's home SEC opener, guys. All that and more. Also, your listener questions. we got a packed show here on a Tuesday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention on the companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media, at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on? Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, host of the Spurs Up show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We have got a packed show here on a Tuesday. Back to talking Gamecocks football as we continue along with the 2021 opponent preview series. Guys, again, thank you so much tuning in. Got a packed show. Very excited. As again, we truly, I feel like now we're beginning the preseason if you I'm trying to eliminate the word offseason from my vocabulary guys because really when you think about it man in Columbia South Carolina and all for all the SEC teams I mean is there really an offseason maybe it's Josh Pate rubbing off on me obviously of 247 sports and actually it's 247 sports I apologize but maybe it's Josh Pate rubbing off on me when I had him on the show and he basically says he eliminates the word offseason from his vocabulary. And when you look at the content we're going to be putting out and the work we're going to be putting out, hey, you could say there truly is no offseason. But we love it. We love it. And we're here talking Gamecocks football. Guys, before we get going, a quick content update, because I think I talked about, about this yesterday, the end of yesterday's show. But I want to go ahead and put it out there for you guys. So you guys have kind of an idea. Uh, first things first, I apologize. My voice is still recovering from partying with the Rowdy Roosters. So, hey, when you party with the Rowdy Roosters, weird things happen. But, uh, no, seriously, the the content schedule, if you will. So, as you notice, of course, we are live here on a Tuesday. This is a normal week, business as usual podcast, The Daily Crow, every single day this week, as we will take part in doing the 2021 Opponent Preview Series today, tomorrow, and Friday. Thursday show, going to be a big show, really exciting. We're going to have a season review, season recap slash award show for Gamecocks baseball to really put a pin in the 2021 baseball season. Now, with that being said, and I know there's some of you that are going to be heartbroken to hear this and upset, and uh, for that, I will go ahead and apologize beforehand. But starting next week, Monday, June the 14th, we will be scaling back from five podcasts per week to two podcasts per week. And I know I said this once before, I think it was once basketball season. And I said, okay, we're going to scale it back. And, and I went back on my word. I, I think I got one full day into that. And I was like, you know what? I really miss doing the podcast. I miss doing shows. I hate this. I love the daily grind, which I do. And we went back to five shows a week very, very quickly. But I really mean it this time, starting next week, Monday, June the 14th, probably up until game week of the first game, we will go from five shows per week to two podcasts per week. And those shows will drop on Monday and Thursday, right? Those will be big shows. They'll have guest interviews, all that good stuff. But just Monday, Thursday, moving forward after Monday, June the 14th. Of course, guys, the reason for that, I love the daily grind. I love the daily podcast. But as I'm sure you guys can imagine, I mean, we're doing a ton of preseason Gamecocks football content. I mean, obviously, moving into next week, that's all we're going to be talking about is South Carolina football and recruiting and, and previewing and continuing along with the opponent preview series. And once we get into July, we'll get the predictions and SEC media days and positioning the previews and all that good stuff. But there simply isn't really enough going on and enough content to justify five shows per week, which, again, I think you guys most likely understand. Now, that's the podcast side of things. And, of course, there will still be daily content on social media, guys. You already know the drill. You know I'm not going anywhere. But with the podcast, twice per week moving forward, probably all the way up until either the week before kickoff or the week of kickoff. So the next two months or so. Um, and like I said, that's just making an adjustment to the preseason and there not being quite as much daily content 
to put out. But hey, two shows per week. As far as the Daily Crow is concerned, I'm not 110% what the move is going to be. I know the Daily Crow is not just going to go away because it's a show where we don't even really need things happening on the daily because it's such a Q&A based on you guys' questions and comments and stuff like that. I feel like the Daily Crow is still going to proceed as normal, but I cannot guarantee you and promise you we will do it every single day. You know, there might be instances where I go out of town or something or maybe a Thursday, Friday, just want to take off or whatever it may be. So if you guys can be flexible, I mean, you guys know I schedule those before the week even starts anyway. So if you can be flexible, roll with the punches, I do appreciate it. Again, hey, this is my first preseason doing TSUS full-time in a normal preseason because last year was a complete mess. And I'm looking forward to it. We're going to put out a ton of great content this preseason. But I wanted to give you guys a content update moving forward. Again, a normal week this week. Business as usual with the podcast, the Daily Crow, everything on social media, of course. The vlog will be dropping this week if it hasn't already by the time you're hearing this. But uh, starting Monday, June the 14th, we're scaling back two podcasts per week. And hey, that can always change if something big happens and we need to throw a show up, whatever. I can do it. But the schedule will be two podcasts per week starting June the 14th. And the Daily Crow, again, we'll kind of just, it'll be kind of a, a week-to-week thing based on what's going on. And I can tell you guys the week of July 4th, I will take that one off. I'm going to give myself a vacation, um, give myself some time to relax. I'm actually going down to the beach to Tampa, Florida, in case you guys didn't know that. And then that following week, we will really hit the ground running with, with predictions. And we'll get into SEC media days the following week. And then Fall camp will be right around the corner. And I mean, football season's going to be here before you know it. But again, that is the content update. I will continue to update you guys and let you know because I'm sure some people next week are going to be freaking out. Chris, where's the podcast today? Where's it? It's like, hey, we're only doing two shows per week. And again, I think the Daily Crow is going to continue to roll on as normal. But hey, the thing, the exciting thing about this, and I know I'm rambling on about the content because it's funny. I don't really get to talk about this side of things and this side of the business and stuff like that to people normally. So when I do get on this on this tangent, I guess I kind of ramble a little bit. But the exciting thing about this and going to two podcasts a week, I will say this. The exciting thing is it's going to give me more time and more flexibility to do other pieces of content. For example, and this might fire you up. For example, we are going to bring back the or bring, I shouldn't even say bring back. We're going to start the South Carolina dynasty on NCAA 14. And we're going to be streaming that. So that's something that's going to take up a lot of time. There's going to be other things. We're going to do simulations. When, once August gets here, we're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff, a lot of content happening. Again, the vlog is going to continue to roll. The daily crow will continue to roll, but just wanted to give you guys that update going into next week. And again, I'll continue to remind you all, but as of this week, this week, the show goes on as normal. And again, today, of course, we're continuing along with our 2021 opponent preview series. Guys, today we are talking the Kentucky Wildcats, South Carolina's week four opponent. Let's go ahead and get right into it again, guys. South Carolina, Kentucky, Saturday, September the 25th at williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. The Gamecocks lead the overall series by a record of 18-13-1. And, and of course, This series has gotten much, much closer over the last seven years because the Wildcats have won six of seven games against South Carolina. That is a painful fact and one of those that I wish did not exist, but here we are. South Carolina leading that series 18-13. One, of course, the last meeting, one of the uglier contests that has ever gone down. Last season, of course, Kentucky beat South Carolina 41-18. 
in the final game of the 2020 season. And of course, there were things going on for South Carolina. You had fired Will Muschamp, Luke Doty was starting on the road. You barely even had enough players to field a roster. I think you had like 50 guys. I think South Carolina had less guys active than technically was required, quote unquote. But it was one of those things where if the team wants to play, they will allow you to play anyways. And South Carolina said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go play and Kentucky just waxed you, 41-18 to 18 at their place in Lexington. Uh, Kentucky in 2020, 5-6 overall, 4-6 and six in conference play. And they were a team with a lot of hype last year. We're going to get to their season last year in just a second in more detail. Now, their head coach, and I talked a lot about this guy last year, and I said something last year that really got a rise out of Carolina fans, and I think they eventually – saw that I was correct. Their head coach, Mark Stoops, coming into his ninth year at Kentucky, 49-50 and 50 overall record. But I had this to say, and this, this, this comment is sort of a moot point because of the changes that have happened. It's a new era of South Carolina football. But I said last summer, Mark Stoops is everything that Will Muschamp is not. And what I meant by that was this. Mark Stoops, hey, he is a developer of talent. He gets the most out of his players. He recruits guys that fit in their scheme and their system and buy into their culture. And you know what? He makes it work. He does more with less. And the last regime in Columbia, not to harp on it, we already all know at this point, but the last regime in Columbia did not do that. You have to commend what Mark Stoops has done with Kentucky. I know none of us like to give Kentucky credit. I, I know that. I don't like to do it. You don't like to do it. None of us like to do it. But you have to give credit to what Mark Stoops has done. I mean, you, you think, I would never think of Kentucky. People still don't think of them as a football school. But yet, here they are, year after year after year, being a thorn. And, hey, the Gamecock side, six of the seven last years, and they've actually done some nice things in the SEC East. And they're looking to have a big year this year. And, you know, you, you look around college football and, and the, uh, some of the analysts and prognosticators and people that talk about college football for a living, a lot of them are looking at Kentucky. Again, guys, as much as it pains me to say it and pains you to hear it, there are people that are looking at Kentucky as being a surprise team or a team that could exceed expectations in this 2021 season. Now, before we get to 2021, let's talk about how they fared a year ago. Looking at their 2020 schedule, again, Kentucky went 5-6 and six overall, 4-6 and six in the SEC. They actually started out losing their first two games. They fell to Auburn week one, which was really heralded as a big-time matchup. And, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty good game overall, except Kentucky's offense was miserable. Um, they didn't, they then lost week two, 42 to 41 to Ole Miss, but then reeled off back to back wins against Mississippi state and Tennessee. They then lo lost the next two at Mizzou and to Georgia and Georgia actually, their defense played really well. I mean, they only lost that game 14 to three. Um, they beat Vandy 38 to 35, then lost the next two to Alabama and Florida. So of course they lost those and they beat South Carolina, uh, obviously that last game of the season, to close the season at four and six overall. They then got a really nice win in the bowl game in the Gator Bowl, beat the NC State Wolfpack 23-21. to And the big story for Kentucky last year, guys, was this. Defensively, really, really good. I mean, they have made a living in Lexington. And it, I know, again, it drives us bonkers. But you look at what Kentucky has done defensively. I mean, you look at the numbers last year, guys. They were fifth in the SEC in scoring defense. Sixth in rushing defense. Gets to, they were number one in passing defense. 
gave up just 224.6 yards per game, and they were fourth in total defense. And here's the number that jumps out the most. Number one in the SEC and 13th in the country in turnover margin. Plus 10 in the turnover margin. Guys, that will get the job done. I mean, that will absolutely get the job done and win you some football games. Now, of course, the questions are not even the questions, just the problems they had offensively with Terry Wilson, their quarterback. He went 125 for 200, 1,187 yards, seven touchdowns, and four interceptions. Um, they obviously are a team that leans on the running game, but Terry Wilson now, who plays for New Mexico, by the way, I believe is it New Mexico or New Mexico State, I believe, yeah, New Mexico. Terry Wilson's now at New Mexico playing for them. And he was, of course, the question mark going into last season and just did not fare well, could not throw the football well enough to create any sort of consistency offensively. But overall, in a 10-game SEC schedule for a Kentucky program that, like I said, is just looking to kind of build consistency, you go five and six overall, four and six in the league, and you get that bowl win. And how important it is to get that bowl win, give yourself something good to feel about going to the offseason. Hey, if they lose that game, maybe people aren't talking about Kentucky the way they are right now. But you know what? The fact of the matter is they beat NC State 23-21. They're Gator Bowl champions. And now you've got people, all these analysts saying, oh, Kentucky's a team to watch for. Oh, Kentucky's going to be a team that can make some noise in the SEC East. And again, you got to tip your cap to what Mark Stoops and they have built over there in Lexington in that program. Let's talk about best returning players on offense and defense, guys. And we'll start offensively. And like I told you guys, the culture of Kentucky football and the identity of Kentucky football, I don't think it's any secret. It revolves around being nasty in the trenches and running the football, the running game. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You think of the games that South Carolina has lost to Kentucky. They've gotten bullied. I mean, they've gotten pushed around. They've gotten beaten flat out at the point of attack. There's just no other way to put it. You go back to the days of Benny Snell, and God, that's a name that I still have nightmares about when you talk about Benny Snell. Um, but they want to run the football. That'll be no different this year. Of course, like I said, coming into this season, they have got a quarterback battle between three guys, Will Levi's, Bo Allen, and Joey Gatewood, which I want to talk about more in just a little bit. But they've got a quarterback battle, so you know they're going to be leaning early and often in this season running the football. And that guy they'll be handing the rock to, running back Chris Rodriguez Jr., the best returning player on offense for the Cats. You look at his season last year, 119 carries, 785 yards and 11 touchdowns. Again, he's no Kevin Harris or anything. No, I mean, listen, he's a really good player. He's a really good running back. He actually split carries with a seam Rose last year who had 106 carries for 666 yards and two touchdowns. I would expect Rodriguez Jr. to be the feature back. I think he's going to be the bell cow for them. He's going to be their big-time player on offense, and I would expect him probably to rush for over the 1,000-yard mark. I mean, Kentucky's a team. They love to run the football. They've got, let's see, they've got three of five offensive line starters returning, and their other two starters, a junior and a senior. So they should be really good up front. Again, they're going to be really good on the offensive front. And I think Chris Rodriguez, Jr., he's probably one of the lesser taught about running backs in the SEC, but a really, really good player in Lexington. Again, 119 carries, 785, and 11 touchdowns in 11, or, yeah, 11 games last season for the Cats. So, again, best returning player on offense for Kentucky, running back Chris Rodriguez, Jr., when you take a look at the defense, the best returning player on the defensive side, and again, Kentucky actually lost a fair amount of players from last year's defense, only four starters returning on that defense. But you've got to start, again, in the trenches. 
the culture of Kentucky football is in the trenches, and it starts with a guy like defensive end Josh Pascal, a leader for them, the heart and soul of that Kentucky defense. 32 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and one sack last year. And guys, he battled injury in the second half of the 2020 season. So those numbers could have been even better. But you look up front for them again. He's going to be the anchor for them. They've also got some really nice players, really at all levels. You've got DeAndre Square, the senior linebacker, and then Yusuf Corker, who I believe was second or third in the conference amongst defensive backs in tackles, a guy who can do it all. He can do it in pass coverage. He can do it in the run game. But it really starts up front, in my opinion. And that's why, in my opinion, defensive end Josh Pascal, he is their best running player on defense. And just the latest, and I feel like a lineup, Kentucky's done a really good job of putting pass rushers and disruptors in the league and producing those type of guys. Defensive end Josh Pascal is that dude for UK this season. Now, let's move into this 2021 football season, guys. We'll talk first about the overall outlook for the Kentucky Wildcats, and then we'll talk about this game specifically for South Carolina and what it means because this is a very intriguing game on this South Carolina schedule. When you look at... Kentucky. Again, I talked about earlier Mark Stoops and the consistency of the program. You know, they're just looking to keep on keeping on, kind of keep doing what they're doing. I don't think Kentucky is a program. And let's face it, they're a basketball school, right? There's no question. There's just no question. They are, they probably always will be a school where basketball is number one. So there's not going to be any crazy, unrealistic expectations that are going to, I think, force Mark Stoops out of Lexington. Now, of course, if they just completely fell off and were winning two or three games a year, I think certainly Kentucky wants to try for more than that. But he's done a really, really good job of building that culture, building consistency. Kentucky's a team right now. You see, you know, again, getting Kentucky football to a seven to eight win a year program. I mean, hell, South Carolina's not there right now. You know, South Carolina's not in that point. That's the point they're trying to get to and then get past that point. So, Kentucky's done a really good job in regards to consistency under Mark Stoops. You take a look at their 2021 football schedule and how it sets up. And I think when you look at the schedule, there is a reason why all of these analysts and all of these prognosticators and all these people who talk college football look at Kentucky as a team. I say a dark horse, a team that could make some noise this year, maybe sneak up on some people. Because you look, they open up with ULM, Missouri and Chattanooga, the first three weeks of the season, all at home. So the likelihood they come to Columbia at 3-0 and is pretty damn good. I mean, that Missouri game, of course, in Lexington could be a tricky one, but you got them at home. It's in week two. I, I think Kentucky's probably favored in that one. Of course, like I said, September the 25th, they come to South Carolina. Then they follow that up with two home contests. Get this, Florida and LSU, both at home. The next two games after that on the 16th, 30th of October, they go to Georgia and then to Mississippi State. And then the month of November looks like this. Tennessee at home, at Vandy, New Mexico State at home, and at Louisville. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now, guys. That's They're probably at minimum a bowl team, at minimum. That schedule sets up pretty well for them. Now, the big question for UK is this, and this question, the answer to it, is going to dictate a lot of the success they have this year, and that is, who in the world plays quarterback? Who replaces Terry Wilson? And can they finally establish some sort of passing game? Will Levi's, Bo Allen, and Joey Gatewood. Those are the three candidates. All three of these guys have different stories. All three of these guys have different backgrounds. Joey Gatewood, of course, the transfer from Auburn, I believe. Uh, let's see. Will Levi's is a transfer from Penn State. And then, of course, you have Bo Allen. Now, 
Here's the interesting part. Liam Cohen is a brand-new offensive coordinator in Lexington. He actually recruited Will Levi's. Um, he recruited him to FCS Maine in high school. Yeah, so again, they know each other. They're familiar with each other. Whatever, either way. doesn't matter who it is. One of those three guys, I know Joey Gatewood is the recognizable name because, again, that guy was at Auburn. But uh, it's going to come down to can they find a quarterback that can throw the football with any consistency? Because you know what you got in Chris Rodriguez Jr. Like I said, I fully expect him to rush for over 1,000 yards. They've got a solid offensive line. They know their their identity. They know what they want to do. But if they can just add in a passing game, and I think they're honestly trying to evolve from a – you know, run first, ground and pound, where it's like all they can do is run to a team that can spread you out, that can open it up. And again, that's why Liam Cohen was hired as the new OC in Lexington. Now, they've been really good defensively the last couple of years. Really good. I read off the stats earlier, replacing a lot, just four starters coming back. They do have some guys that are veteran players that were kind of role players that will start this year. I would expect Kentucky to be solid yet again defensively. I mean, will they be quite as good as last year? Will they lead the SEC in turnover margin? I I doubt it. I I wouldn't predict that necessarily. But Kentucky at this point, guys, Kentucky's just Kentucky. I I feel like you know what you get out of Kentucky football. I know what to expect when South Carolina plays Kentucky. They're going to be a smash-mouth type of team. They're going to challenge you at the line of scrimmage. They're going to be physical. And if you're not physical back, they're going to push you around. Bottom line, and they, of course, did that to South Carolina a season ago. Now, on the South Carolina side of things, because this game is so intriguing. There, there are many, many different things about this game that are really interesting to me. You know, the first thing is this. It's the first home SEC game of the Shane Beamer era. And you think about, you know, we've all been, I mean, it's funny, man, I was at the tailgate this past weekend and we saw, you know, what the tailgate looked like and what Founders Park looked like and the madness and the excitement, the electricity. And, you know, me and my buddies are all joking. We're like, man, or just just talking. We're like, man, can you imagine what williams Bryce Stadium is going to be like? That first home game against EIU, 7 o'clock kick, night game, beamer ball, everything getting going. You know, football's back, 100% capacity. We all agree it's going to be a madhouse. Well, you get EIU, then you go on the road to ECU and Georgia. If you think EIU is going to be crazy, and if you do what you're supposed to do in the first three games, which is be two and one, which I think we all expect, coming home, can you imagine the atmosphere and just the importance of that ball game? Two and one overall, coming home to face Kentucky, you know, chance to get that first home SEC win. And the first, hey, this will be the chance to get the first SEC win most likely for Shane Beamer and the Shane Beamer era, because most of us agree we're not going to beat Georgia at their place. So the opportunity to get your first SEC win ever as South Carolina's head football coach. And I will be making my picks, my predictions, and I will be answering this question in a few weeks. The the second week of July, guys, like I told you, when I give my game-by-game predictions, and this is when I will answer this question. But I pose this question to you Everyone listening, hey, DM me, leave it in the comments, whatever you want to do, because I I would love to hear. And I think this is something you could realistically debate all offseason long or all preseason, excuse me, eliminate that word in my vocabulary, all preseason long. When you take a look at South Carolina's 2021 football season, is this the most important game of the 2021 season? 
Now, we read college football news' South Carolina breakdown for the 2021 season, and they say that it is. Now, I've given you guys sort of my thoughts on why I said at first glance of South Carolina season, I said it was, or I thought, you know, man, that East Carolina game, that one really jumps out at me as like, you know what? If you, if you lose to Kentucky, you can still hit your goals and get to six and six, which is the goal in Shane Beamer's first year, right? If you lose to East Carolina, you simply can't do it. All of your goals, you feel like, I mean, I hate to say, oh, the season's over at the second game of the year, but you feel like, man, getting to a bowl game feels like almost an insurmountable hurdle now. But, but I will say this, and I've said this previously on a different couple of different lives and maybe even the podcast, I'm not sure, but I will say this because right now we're in the honeymoon phase, right? Nobody's going to be willing to go out on a limb and say anything that's even slightly negative or critical or anything like that. And I'm certainly not being negative, but I'm going to bring to light something that I think most people guys are not going to tell you. They don't want to tell you, or they just do not want to say aloud, even if they think it and they know it's true. This Kentucky game is massive, okay? And whether you want to say it's the most important game of the season or not, that's up for debate. But what this game will represent and what it will signify for South Carolina and for a lot of Gamecock fans, because believe it or not, while I think overwhelmingly the positive support for Shane Beamer is there, I think overwhelmingly what we see on social media and you hear from people is that Shane Beamer was a great hire and he's a great culture fit. He's been doing this, this, and this, and he's been saying all the right things and doing all the right things. And I don't think that's up for debate, right? The job that Shane Beamer has done at this point, he has done everything correctly. It's been awesome to see, awesome to watch, and awesome to take in. But what this game against Kentucky at home means for South Carolina is this. If you come home after the Georgia game and you are able to win this football game and beat, hey, beat, let's say, a, a, they're a quality team. It will be a quality Kentucky team. Beat them at home. Because, hey, there still are no, even with Kentucky's success over South Carolina, even with what Mark Stoops has done in Lexington, even with the program they've built at Kentucky, are there any Gamecock fans right now that would sit there and say, well, you know what? You just got to tip your cap. Kentucky's a better football program than us. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nobody's saying that. Nobody believes that. But, hey, the facts are the facts. They've won six out of seven against you. And, I mean, on-field results are on-field results, right? But getting back to my point, here is what people will not say to you and will not tell you, right? You win this game, and it shows, hey, it truly is a new era. Beamer ball. Things are changing. We are getting better as a program. We made the right decision. We're winning a game like this. That you know what? Maybe Kentucky's favored. People view Kentucky in a certain light, but you know what? We should beat Kentucky. We just should not lose to Kentucky in football. And you win this football game, and the overall feeling, the morale around the fan base, hey, you get the three and one. You're like, you know what? Boom. New era. Beamer ball. Let's go. On the flip side, if you lose this game, if you lose to Kentucky at home in week four, if you fall to two and two, and more importantly, 0-2 in SEC play with a loss to Kentucky on your home field, while people may not say it publicly, okay, it may not be said publicly, but there are going to be a lot of people that look at this program and look at everything going on, as much, as much hype and positivity as there is around Shane Beamer. And I have the same, guys. I'm, I'm riding on cloud nine with you, 
when it comes to Coach Beamer, all aboard the Shane train. But if you lose this game to Kentucky, there's going to be a lot of people that think to themselves, here we go again. Here we go again. You can't even beat Kentucky. Because, again, guys, I fall in this camp too. Even with the success that Kentucky's have, even with how they've beaten South Carolina like a drum six the last seven times, I look at Kentucky as a game that you should win. I, I just really do. You know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil my prediction or anything, but I just look at this as, you know what, if you want to be considered even a, 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 a slightly above average football program, and if you want to be considered a football program that is on the rise and is trending upward and can go win battles in recruiting and can go challenge, you know, maybe not win the SEC East right now, certainly, but can challenge and can, and can you know, reasonably justify to people, hey, we are going in the right direction. We are trending upward. If you want to sell that, you cannot lose to Kentucky. You can't lose to Kentucky and, and justify, hey, we're, we're a big-time program, or we're going in the right direction. You can't do it. You simply can't do it. And maybe that's unfair to say because, again, it just totally discredits everything Kentucky has built. Kentucky still has the stigma of they are Kentucky. They're Kentucky. They're not a football school. They're a basketball school. How can you lose to a basketball school? And when you look back at the previous regime, guys, I mean, really, if you want me to be honest, that 2017 game against the Cats, when you came home, I think you were 2-0, and you were on the cusp of the top 25, night game, blackout, sold out Williams-Brice Stadium, national TV game, all eyes on you. When you laid an egg in that ball game, that should have told us right there. That moment, that game was the beginning of the end of the Wilmot Champ era. And it really just kind of summarized and encapsulated everything that was wrong with the previous regime. It really did. It really did. So this game against Kentucky is important for a lot of reasons. It is. It's important for a lot of reasons. And there will be a lot on the line. There will be a lot on the line when you take on these guys. Again, probably Shane Beamer's first opportunity to get his first SEC win. I don't say first opportunity, but his best shot at getting his first SEC win. And we all talked about the front half of the Gamecock schedule and how it sets up, and people have visions in their head of going 5-2 and two or, God forbid, 6-1 and one to start the year. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to win this game. And, you know, we can talk how, however you label it, key game of the season, most important game, it's a huge game. It's a huge game. And you could certainly argue and make that argument that it is the most important game of the 2021 season for a multitude of reasons. South Carolina has got to get this wildcat-sized monkey off its back. You, you just simply cannot have a losing streak to Kentucky. You cannot have a streak where you've lost six to seven to Kentucky. That's got to stop. That has to end. If this South kind of football program, I'm not even saying wants to get back from, to what it was 10 to 13, but if it wants to get back to being respected, if it wants to get back to being, you know, a program that, you know, analysts are looking at us and saying, hey, that's a, that's a sleeper team. That's a team that, that can make some noise. That's a team that teams better watch out for. You cannot lose to Kentucky and be looked at in that way. 
the stigma of losing to Kentucky is still it. You lost to Kentucky, you're a joke. You stink. I mean, really, just call it for what it is. So, is it the most important game of the 2021 season in your eyes? If it is, why? If it isn't, why? I'd love to know. Which game do you think is more important? But it's a big one. No question. And, you know, South Carolina, again, six of seven. And you think back to when this started. And what's crazy, though, I'll say this, and I talked about this a lot when I broke down uh, last year's matchup, even in the preseason, is if you go back and look, especially at the results in Lexington, but, man, South Carolina has just always, always struggled with Kentucky. I mean, I don't know why it is. I don't know. But you've got to get back to beating them on a regular basis. And because you can't realistically move forward as a program, you cannot ascend as a program. (laughs) You cannot do any of these things while you're having to worry about the Kentucky Wildcats. How on God's green earth are you going to beat the Georgias, the Floridas, the A&Ms, the Alabamas, the Clemsons? How are you going to beat any of those teams if you cannot beat Kentucky? You're just not going to do it. So, huge game for the Gamecocks. I mean, this one is – I mean, this, this one's huge. It's huge, no question. Like I said, guys, in a couple of weeks, I will answer the question of is it the most important game of the 2021 season? But for now, guys – I would love to get your thoughts overall, like the overall vibe of this game. How do you look at this game? Do you just chalk it up as, boom, easy W? Or are you looking at this game and saying to yourself, hey, like how much credit are Gamecock fans really giving Kentucky? Because I don't think they're giving them a ton or anything. I don't think Gamecock fans, like I said, are looking, and I don't know that many fan bases do at this point, even though, like I said, it's crazy, even though, Mark Stoops has done a really, really good job, and the numbers speak for themselves. And, hey, the winning streak over South Carolina, it speaks for itself. (laughs) Bottom line, all that stuff speaks for itself. So how do you guys view this game? How do you look at this South Carolina-Kentucky matchup in regards to the importance of it, in regards to, you know, is it a win, toss-up, or loss for you? What's your overall vibes and feelings on this ballgame? against Kentucky. Again, leave it in the comments. Shoot me a DM. Would love to hear you guys' thoughts and uh, overall analysis on the Gamecocks' week four matchup and week four opponent, the Kentucky Wildcats. All right, real quick, guys. By the way, I'm going to be asking you guys for listener questions for these opponent preview shows. So do me a favor. Leave some questions. I love the questions. We have just one question today. Austin G underscore 45. He says, can we throw last year's game out the window considering the circumstances? And, of course, he's referencing the 41-18 to 18 drubbing at the hands of UK last season. Short answer, yes. I, I think you can. Um, everything about 2020, in my opinion, especially the end of last season, should be thrown out the window. I mean, you literally had a roster of, like, 45 guys. Um, you know, I, I, talked, I talked to a couple of people that were in, or that are involved with Gamecock football and you know, I, I told you guys, I think this last year in December, I talked to a guy who's still on the team, you know, and asked him about that game. And he's like, dude, we were just, we simply were outmanned. I mean, you know, he was hurt at the time. He's like, you know, I, none of us, we, we, the fact we've even played that game is a minor miracle. So, yes, short, long story short, yes. I don't think anything about the results of last year matter in regards to this game. It's a completely different setup. I mean, you, you got brand new coaches, you got brand new everything. You're gonna have a, you know, brand new system, all that stuff. So, you know, Throw that all out. 
And this will be Shane Beamer's opportunity to make his first impression on this South Carolina-Kentucky series. Because, hey, that was a huge indictment on the last staff. They couldn't win this game. And it's like, okay, as South Carolina fans, I think South Carolina football fans, South Carolina fans in general, the expectations, they're fairly realistic. right? I don't, I don't think we're sitting here asking for national titles or even SEC titles. But losing to Kentucky? Who boy. I mean, Shane Beamer could do a lot of great things in his first couple seasons at Columbia. He can, he can tweet all he wants and have a great relationship with the fan base and this, that. But you lose to Kentucky? It's going to be hard to get a lot of people on your side. That's all I'm going to say. So, a huge game, a pivotal game. But, yes, Austin G., I appreciate your question. I would say throw out last year's results. They literally do not matter when it comes to this game in September. But again, guys, that's going to do it all for me. Hey, appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, I appreciate the love and support. If you have any questions regarding content, the plan for the next couple of months, next couple of weeks, whatever it may be, don't hesitate. Shoot me a DM, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever suits you. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. But again, guys, normal week this week, podcast, Daily Crow, all the content continues to roll on. So until we talk again, guys, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.